ended up getting a sound mod board and there you go i like to play around with it and maybe i'll use it a little later i don't want to overdo it it's not like i want to sit here and and sound like a baby hey there what's going on see i don't want to do that that would end up causing all sorts of problems welcome to the weird science marvel comics podcast episode 146 And this is one of those, I'm trying desperately to get these up on Friday. I even had, you know, pretty much ideas that I was going to get this episode up on Thursday, and I ended up doing a bunch of other things, and so I got to get into a groove. I got to get into a groove. I I think I've mentioned it many a time, but I recently lost my job, so I've been trying to do a bunch of other things as well as trying to find a new job, so... I do want to get back into a steady groove, which I promise I will at least try to. But here we go. I wanted to end up putting this out, though, so maybe it's something you guys and gals can listen to at work on a Monday morning. Maybe you can sit there and you can end up listening to me, you know, sing with the auto-tune. Hey there, I hope you're having a good Monday. You like that? I'm telling you, I'll drive everybody insane uh, with this. I end up getting so distracted by stuff like this that I, I can't keep away. I can't keep away. Hello, Weird Science. Hello, Weird Science. Uh, let me tell you where you can find us on the intranets, and then we'll jump into two books tonight. You can find us on the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you right on back. You can also go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review almost every Marvel comic each and every week, and usually going up around 9 a.m. on the Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, and that's Eastern Standard Time, or as I like to say, the only time. Uh, Also, you can go to our Patreon to support us for everything we do here and on the website and the DC stuff, all that stuff, too. And I'll I'll mention that we even have uh, more of a YouTube presence this week as well, since I've been home and I'm trying to do that, trying to juggle a bunch of things. But if you want to support us for all that, you can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science. And support us for as low as a dollar to keep everything chugging and, you know, make it so my wife doesn't yell at me about not having a job. That that would be nice. That's not going to happen, but it would be nice. But we're going to start right now with 
the first book of two. And obviously, you can look in the title or the show notes to know that we're going to be talking about Miss Marvel and Black Cat tonight. But we're going to start with the magnificent Miss Marvel number 13, written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Joey Vasquez, inks by Von Juan Vlasco, color artist is Ian Herring, and letters by BC's Joe Caramanga. Recently, Kamala's father fell ill with a seemingly incurable disease, but not all hope was lost. Dr. Strange agreed to operate after theorizing that Mr. Khan's illness stemmed from latent inhuman DNA. Dr. Strange determined that Abu could recover with the aid of a blood transfusion from Kamala, but Kamala took too long trying to stop her nanotech costume from killing her classmate turned nemesis Discord and didn't return to the hospital in time for the transfusion to have its full impact. For now, Abu can come home, but have Kamala's actions cause permanent harm. And it was one of those heroes moments. She ended up having to go save Discord from getting killed, even though he's, a, a, you know, pretty much just a piece of <laughs> And uh, that's another thing I have now. Uh, and unfortunately, she wasn't there in time. Even at Bruno say, no, 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 don't worry about, you know, Discord. Let's go and save your dad. And she's like, now I have to do what's right. And it was her, you know, costume, even though it ended up getting wacky and, you know, all that. Um, but she ended up having to make the hero's choice. And now it's her family that seems to have to suffer. Now, I will say, and this may seem to make me feel or, you know, look like a piece of crap. But Abu only, he he's walking with a cane. I thought it was going to be worse. I really did. I thought that he was going to be bedridden. I thought that he was going to lose all you know, any sort of faculties below the waist or whatnot. I didn't mean to make it sound sexy like that, but I thought he was going to be in a wheelchair. And he is walking with a cane, which stinks. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but I actually thought it was going to be a lot more severe. So I'm hope I'm glad, actually, that he is better. And I hope that he recovers fully anyway, because Kamala right away feels bad. Uh, Abu's driving her to the New Jersey State Fair, and he ends up, and I, I do love, him i do love the overprotective overbearing father deal that he has and it's a shame kind of when you ended up going off world in the series and you saw that kamala's parents actually knew or found out that she was miss marvel you thought that that was going to lead to her you know them letting her do a little more and because when they came back they didn't remember that you kind of went back to square one with all that, that changes in this issue, and it changes in a good way, I think, and it changes in a way that instead of it being, you know, oh, we're on a, a planet fighting aliens and things like that, it actually changes in a more natural progression. That's more of a family thing that this book is all about, and Saladin Med continues to get really good and, and does it right. So you end up where she's going to the fair, she meets Bruno, and Bruno has had enough. Bruno is, it's, and I'm sure a lot of guys and gals have had this where, you know, Kamala's treating Bruno like the 3 a.m. boyfriend. I mean, she doesn't want anybody to see them together. She doesn't want to tell her parents. And that was something that seemed to be, you know, on the religious side of things, even, uh, you know, a cultural thing like that. But now you have Bruno saying, you know, are we going to tell, you know, Zoe and Nakia? Because they're here. Let's let's tell them. Let's uh, show. No, I don't think I want to do that just yet. Now it's just getting to the point where Bruno thinks, okay, you're just embarrassing 
you know, or embarrassed of me. You just don't want me to be your boyfriend when other people are around, but it's fine when, and he even says, you're the one who kissed me. I didn't kiss you, you know, and this is the worst. This is, and I think Salonina Meta is playing this up pretty well, that you end up having that line where you can have best friends and then something like that kiss happens and you are on the precipice of either a lifelong friendship ending or going to the next level. But it is a shame sometimes where those things don't go to the next level and then you have best friends one day and then Two weeks later, you're never going to talk to that person again. And I hope that that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. I think Bruno is too good a guy. And also, it would be crazy because I like them together. And I do want to have something. Bruno just saved Kamala when when she ended up getting knocked in the bay. He ended up getting on that hovercraft. I mean, she better open her eyes because I'm a Bruno fan. I'm also a huge Zoe and especially Nakia fan because they do meet. Bruno heads off. He just says, really, if you're embarrassed of me, then I, I'm out of here. I'm in my uncle. He's going to get me. S- smell you later. And goes off. And Kamala, I, she's just like, all right. It's <laughs> just, you know, hey, hey there, Zoe and Nikia. But you go and the, you end up having Nikia like, well, what's up with Bruno? Right? He rush off like that. And Kamala's like, eh, I just have to go. But then they get into, you know, going, you have these two kids making out that they're like, oh, how disgusting. But then they go over. To this one uh, thing where they're selling hot dogs, a hot dog stand, uh, corn dogs actually. And you have Nakia because she can't eat pork. And it's not that. That's what she is so, she just gets so angry and she gets so frustrated when things like when somebody is kind of dumb. And this kid, are these fried in an oil that you also fry, you know, the hot dogs and things like that and the corn dogs and whatever? Uh, it's fried. She's like, I know it's fried. I can't eat pork. You know what? Uh, yeah, hot dogs are pork. She's like, I know that. She's getting so mad. But they go off to the bumper cars to play, and it's one of those where Kamala has had some problems, especially with the uh, Abu being sick. The idea that she got back late. She has that stuff, and it is stressful with Bruno. Not that I agree with what she's doing, and I'm angry, but she's had a lot of problems. So. It's a nice scene here where she's with Zoe and Nakia, and they're like, oh, man, look, bumper cars. And you end up having Kamala be able to kind of, you know, have her own little Neverland. But that's not appropriate. But being able to be a kid again and being able to remember how much fun it was to have your friends and things like that when you're not having to be a superhero. And you don't have to choose between saving a classmate who is a awful murder you know guy and end up making your dad walk with a cane so she ends up on these bumper cars and it's a nice scene i love the way that the art plays it out that she almost gets to be a young kid again and then the problem though is that ride ends uh, just like childhood and so they go out but zoe right away wants to go to madam z the fortune teller she's a fortune teller let's go and like yeah that stuff's ridiculous they do go in and there is a, you know, the magic ball there. They're looking into the crystal ball. There's a lady there. Uh, you know, Madam Z comes out. The thing is, though, it creates a demon. And then Madam Z's like, I'm just an actress. I'm just here, you know, summer stock type deal. I just need a job and this is cool. And uh, But it's a real demon. 
And she ends up saying, oh, I got that crystal ball at a pawn shop. So I don't know if it ends up later being set up that this was something that was set up maybe by Amulet because this is the big thing in this issue as Amulet comes and joins in and fights. It's his origin deal. It is his first appearance. Uh, and he's pretty cool. I do like him. If you are reading DC stuff and you're reading the Teen Titans, right? He reminds me a lot of Roundhouse. He comes in. He's pretty cool. I think he's a lot younger than we actually think because while you end up having Kamala fighting this demon, all of a sudden she is about to get just, I, you know, really hurt. And Amulet shows up and makes a force field. And that's kind of, you know, one of the abilities that we see right away. And they have a pretty good synergy together. They have a pretty good bit of, you know, chemistry as they're fighting these demons. The demons kind of separate into three, four. They they have multiple ones now and they're fighting. And it's one of those wall, you know, Kamala goes and fights. You have Amulet protecting her. Then you figure out that Amulet says this is kind of a magic thing. So I'm going to try to, you know, gather up some magic and do some hocus pocus. And she's like, okay, well, let me distract them. Let me get them as they're multiplying. And he does end up doing this. Uh, Even has like a hodoken as he smashes them. They end up falling apart. And they kind of become friends right away. And Amulet comes off as a really nice guy at one point. Like, oh, man, you know, how old are you? Well, you know, and I, I actually think he's like 13. He ends up mentioning, you know, hey, you know, my city, she doesn't let me do a lot of things. She gets mad at me. And that's where Kamala's like, your city? And, oh, yeah, that's uh, Arabic for grandma. She's sort of my boss. Uh, it's a long story. And, yeah, Kamala say, are you from New Jersey? I, I don't remember seeing you. He's like, no, just moved here from Michigan. And, and he keeps it's funny because in his mind, he's not supposed to tell people these things. These are his secret identity stuff. So every time he says, he's like, oops. I'm not supposed to say that. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that either. But yeah, they end up kind of becoming friends and then go off and like, hey, maybe we'll see each other again. Maybe we can, you know, fight some demons again. And they go off. And I like it. The only thing that I'm worried about is we end up having that outlaw coming out. And I wish that we had one or two issues more with Amulet to get more of his character before we're thrown into this outlaw. Now, I've said it before. I'm just not that into this concept of Outlawed yet. Obviously, I haven't read it, so I have to wait until I read anything of it. But it just seems like it's going to put a damper on what I like about these young heroes, the fun of it. the And, and this is the thing. We're getting to a part, though, where Kamala is getting a lot of stuff, heavy stuff on her shoulders here. And maybe the Outlawed thing... And then after that, she'll feel like, you know, a new person again, and she could be inspiring and be happy. And because that's what I like from the young heroes. I love it. And, and you even get that this quickly with Amulet, where he is seems to be very excited to be out and about and doing stuff and doing superheroing stuff. So that's what I do like. And I, I really like his character design. I really like the way that he kind of goes off and has that chemistry with Kamala. And I'm very worried that Bruno is going to be very, very jealous coming up, though. Again, I think that this is a younger kid. I think it's going to be more of like a Shazam thing that when he turns into Amulet, he ends up maybe, you know, adding five, six years to his age there. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. You end up where Kamala ends up 
you know, now that they saved the day, she comes out and she's going to miss her curfew. And she says, I have to get home in 48 minutes and we are an hour away. Now, again, that's not that bad, but it is when you have a boo who, if you're a minute late, he is going to freak out. And she already feels guilty for what she did before. So she doesn't want to upset him. So leave it to Zoe. Zoe ends up putting the pedal to the metal. At one point, she ends up jumping over this the hill deal where they're going. And it, it is basically Ferris Bueller with the valets. When, when they end up going over and jumping the car and then landing, it made me laugh. I put it in my review, but that's what it reminded me of. Nakia and Kamala are just petrified petrified of what's going on while they're driving zoe looks like she is ready to be in death race 3000 she should be because she's pretty good and she does end up getting kamala home with like a minute to spare and kamala runs in she's so happy she's like i did it 9 a.m all right i promised and you end up having a booth say you know what you are a dutiful daughter you are always there for me you always are helping you're nearly an adult and you know what i'm supposed to be your father not your jailer and it's a very good moment it's not one of those that made me cry but it made me you know you know what i like this the problem is though he's being so nice and she still feels guilty but even that she also almost killed probably well zoe almost did probably killed like 17 people driving at one point she looks like she's doing tokyo drift on the highway Ah, oh, that's Zoe. But yeah, you end up where he says you should be able to stay out till 930. You are old enough. You are responsible enough. You can do this. And then you end up having, you know, Kamala say that, you know, the contracts are a lot more than anything. I'm tired. I could sleep for a week. But when will I get the chance? And it doesn't look like she will get the chance anytime soon because we are heading to the outlawed story, which you end up in the back end of the issue. You do have Kamala uh, on the cover of the outlaw deal. And, you know, does the senator support Kamala's law? And I wonder how that's going to play in. Obviously, people wouldn't know that Kamala is Miss Marvel. And if they find eh, that'll be awful if that was the case. But you also have Amulet. You have his character design. You have one of those sketch sheets with them. And I really do like him. I, I think that he is a cool character. Looks really, really cool. He has a little family heirloom there. I love these type of sheets anyway. And yeah, I love this issue. I really do. And I love this book. I like it uh, almost every issue that I've read. I've really liked a lot. You add Amulet in. That's exciting. I haven't seen that many people hyped about it, which I wish there were. Um, but all in all, I'm just worried, like I said, about the Outlaw deal. I'm worried that it's going to put just a kibosh on a lot of the fun, a lot of the stuff going on. Now, it's it's a funny thing for me to say that because I do go on and on about this book being more about family and friends than, you know, superheroing. But I just don't need, you know, Saladin Ahmed to be avalanched with these concepts that he has to fit in a book where he's done so well for just a natural progression of a story and and a story that I really do like. But 9 out of 10, and now I'm going to move on to the next. All right, and the next book is Black Cat number 10, a series that I really enjoyed, and I think this is one of the most fun issues that we've had of a very fun series. 
And I think that it plays out so well in the dialogue, the character work, the art, everything really hits here. And yeah, this isn't going to change the world, but it is so fun. And I just tell everybody, you should read this series. It's, it's really that good. It's a lot of, and you know, you end up having Black Cat and Patch Wolverine teaming up. And right away, that sounds good. It, it's better than I even thought it was going to be. And it is written by Jed McKay, art by Chris Anka, colors by Brian Reber, and letters by Ferran Delgado. Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. The Black Cat, was hired by her former mentor, The Black Box, to steal rare items, beginning with an old painting from the Frick Collection. The jobs only grew more dangerous from there, bringing Felicia and her crew toe-to-toe with heroes like Iron Fist and Fantastic Four. Their latest target was a companion piece to the painting from the Frick Collection, and it was being kept in the personal vault of Wolverine on the island nation of Marjapur. But when Felicia broke into the vault, she found it had already been cleared out by Kate Kilgore, child prodigy, and one of Wolverine's many enemies, and pretty much the one that Wolverine gets more infuriated by just because he's a kid, uh, you know, and he's such a brat. Felicia agreed that Wolverine reclaim his possessions in exchange for the painting. During a confrontation with Kilgore in his penthouse, Felicia swiped the sunglasses off of Kilgore's face and then escaped with Wolverine out the window. And those sunglasses should be noted. They are tech deal. It's what you end up having Cade use to run a lot of his empire, ends up being able to check things. You know, they're, they're those type of sunglasses. And the whole idea of this issue is what type of robbers are what type of crooks are there there's the crooks that plan there's the crooks that have everything to a t and then there's the one that relies on magic and not just magic per se but kind of the thrill of not everything put down you end up having a lot of things that work on the fly things that you know you go by luck and chance and things and we know that's what felicia is And you end up having her swinging because they ended up smashing out the window and and way up in the penthouse with Kate Kilgore. And she's using one of her zip lines and ends up having her legs wrapped around Wolverine, who is in almost like a Superman flying position. The problem is he's a lot heavier than Felicia would have thought. And the zip line breaks and they start arguing as they're falling down. And she's like, how heavy are you? Such a tiny guy. And he's like, my bones are made of metal. Why do you have a zip line that ended up breaking so easily? And she says, my my bones are made of bones. That's why. And it, I thought it was so funny. It, it Right away, it's just fun. Uh, Wolverine's like, hey, I'll meet you down there. I'm going to do it my way. I'll meet you down. You do your zip line. You have another one there. And basically, he just he just flies down and smashes through a window. You end up having Felicia use this zip line and then ends up doing a flip out of there landing you know pretty much like a gymnast land and there's wolverine who comes out of the door of where he smashed through he's just shredded he went through the window it comes out shredded and chris anka does such a good job on a bunch of different scenes here where he ends up not just telling the scene or not just going by okay well that's what the script is he adds to the humor. He adds to the things. It really comes to play in my mind when you end up seeing a flashback of a magic sort of way. But while this is going on, Cade is talking to Felicia through the sunglasses. You end up having that being able to, you know, kind of communicate between them. And he's like, hey, Felicia, why don't you put those sunglasses on? And she's like, no, I'm not putting them on. 
And he's like, why, why not? Because they'll burn my eyes out. I know that you have some trick or something that they're going to do. He's like, no, no, that's not going to happen. And then when Wolverine comes out, she goes, hey, Logan, uh, can you put these on? You know, And he's like, no, I'm not going to put them on. They're going to burn my eyes out. And so then Felicia's like, hey, uh, Cade, would those sunglasses have burned my eyes out? And he's so mad. He's like, of course they would. He gets so angry. Uh, but yeah, they're ending up where... They said, listen, we'll give you the specs back if you give us Logan stuff. And, and again, this is just the whole concept of they don't want anything of Cade's. They just want back what he stole from Wolverine. But he's so proud. And last issue, we even saw that Felicia said, we'd find Cade. We're going to find your stuff because he's just going to have it right around himself because he's so proud that he stole from you that he's going to want to show this off. And so that's a good setup of here where also Cade doesn't like to be duped. So he's not going to give the stuff back. He doesn't want an exchange. It's not going to be that easy. And he ends up putting a price on Logan and Felicia's head that is so extraordinarily high that he says everybody in the world is going to come to try to get it. Now, you don't end up that with that happening. You end up with kind of some funny things happening. You know, you don't end up with like Bullseye coming and shooting Felicia right in the noggin. That wouldn't be that fun, right? Uh, and and he's busy over in the Daredevils. So you end up, though, 25 or 27 minutes later where they say where the first thing that they have to fight is a army of Frankenstein, which is a good way to now allow Logan to slice and dice, which he wasn't going to before because he said to Felicia, I can't kill anybody because I'm not on crack Cohen business here. That's kind of the deal now. So I can't just go. And so it does allow you a little fine print for him to be able to slice and dice. And while that's going on, Felicia's loving it. She's yelling Frankenstein's no way. She thinks it's the greatest thing. And you end up having Logan say, well, you should join the X-Men. I mean, this is nothing. What's that, an offer? Are you going to take me to Krakoa? He's like, no, I'm never taking you to Krakoa. You're not going. She's like, oh, I'm your Marjapur girlfriend, am I? I'm not your Krakoan girlfriend. He's like, just stop it. And they start fighting. They're falling through the air and end up smashing through the roof of the Bloodsport Arena. And really, if you know me, this is right up my alley. Bloodsports one, if not my favorite top five movie. Star Wars is my favorite. New Hope, as you would call it, and also Raiders of the Lost Ark. Bloodsport is right there. And I know that some people would roll their eyes. Bloodsport is a movie that is nearly perfect. There are like 17 montages. You end up having just some of the greatest lines of all time. And I have had. Waiting in the wings, so many blood sport, uh, you know, sound clips that I never can work in. But of course, once you show me the blood sport arena, I can give you. you break my record. Now I break you, like I break your friend. Yes. See, you can't mix that in at any point, or possibly. Then good, but break not in back. Ah, uh, yeah. If you're gonna do the dim mock. You don't need somebody throwing shade afterwards. I mean, really, Jackson thought it was the greatest thing. He, he thought that that definitely gets him into the Kumite. So you end up where they're in the Bloodsport Arena. There is the announcer who ends up saying, as Wolverine falls down into the arena with all the Frankensteins, that now that is the fight going on. The mutant menace, the Canadian cannibal, 
the Wolverine, and he is just going to town. He's just going to town, and they are, you know, betting. He's slicing, and Felicia ends up saying, I could leave Logan here. I could just get out of here. I could do all these things and whatever. And she doesn't really want Wolverine mad at her. That's somebody that you don't want to get mad at. And also, I mean, she kind of likes them. I mean, this is the thing. And and it's funny, too, because, again, the art isn't just her standing there. And there's the big hole that she's going to jump through down into the Bloodsport Arena. She's doing all her stretches. She's getting limber to go. It's so good. And she does dive in and you end up having another new challenger, almost like a video game type deal. And she's like, that's right. It's the black cat, baby. And you go back then all of a sudden in a flashback and you end up seeing Felicia and Tamara where you have the black foxes showing them magic and telling them that, you know, the, the life of crime and being a, a crook. And I don't know why I just hit my mic and it hurt. Uh, being that sort of deal, being a burglar, uh, you end up doing a lot of things that are sleight of hand. You want to end up doing a job where they think that you're doing one thing, like having something in one hand, while it's the other hand they should have been watching because that's when all the things, that's where the, the magic is happening. And I love the way this plays out. I love the art, the way it plays out, because you end up very subtly seeing that Felicia has a bracelet and very subtly seeing that Tamara has a watch. And as this is going on and you're seeing all these cards, Black Fox is, hey, the card's here and look at this, look at that. And then at the end, he just kind of pulls up his sleeve and he ends up having the bracelet and the watch on. But right even before that, you see that Tamara doesn't have her watch. So when you end up seeing that Black Fox did this, you kind of go back and, oh, my, it was right there, right away, you know, and that is really cool. I thought that that was a really cool deal, the way it's going on, and then works into this whole story here of what Felicia is doing. She is playing the sleight of hand deal. She is, you know, showing the one hand while the other hand is doing the real work there. They end up where Felicia and Wolverine pretty much slaughter every Frankenstein, and they are cut in half, decapitated arms, legs, all over the place. And they end up leaving, and it's funny, too, because you end up where Wolverine's like, let's go. They start running. Felicia seems to be loving everything that's going on, and they are chanting Wolverine, but then she's yelling Black Cat over over the, the Wolverine chants. It's so good. And they end up jumping out another window. They're falling. You end up having Wolverine like, you're real noisy for a cat burglar. And she's like, well, you know, some jobs are quiet. Some jobs are loud. They end up falling into a boat. You end up having Logan throw the guy whose boat it was out of the boat and say he promises to get it back to him later. They start going. And as they are going, they get attacked. And this is where you're going to see the people who were, I guess, close enough to be able to try to get you know, this big bounty here and the brothers Grimm are first and they actually grab Wolverine and seem to be, you know, maybe win out here until they end up getting shot uh, by Deadpool. And so you end up like, oh, my, like, this is a lot of fun. This is so much fun. And so Deadpool pulls Wolverine up because he ends up falling. Then the brothers Grimm grabbed them. We're taking them. Both uh, brothers had him had Wolverine by 
uh, rope as they're flying around on their wacky stars and clouds. Uh, And so it's one of those where you know that Deadpool is going to do something now. You know he's not there out of just coincidence that he's doing this and ends up shooting Logan in the gut and then saying, now I'm going to scramble your brains so that you don't cause me trouble, about to shoot him right in the head. And you have Felicia, who was still on the, the boat, the big motorboat that they were on, now just run it right through the boat that Deadpool was on and ends up pretty much just running him through the middle. He is now almost like he would be one of those wooden ladies on the front of a pirate ship. He's just a shiny yells, my spleen. Oh, no, my appendix. Oh, man, I still have an appendix. And it's real fun. He is there. He can't really do much. He's trying to get himself off of this boat. And Wolverine gets those sunglasses and puts them on Deadpool. Now, his eyes do get burned out. And through this whole deal, as it goes on, you end up having Deadpool like, okay, it can't get worse. I, you know, I, the worst is behind me. Let's go. It can't get worse. It keeps getting worse. And you end up having Logan and Felicia get on a scooter type uber there and get on the marjapur uber here i wish it was a rickshaw it's more of a mechanized almost looks like a rickshaw and they end up going off well Cade is just screaming and on his little video screen you you can see the brothers grim having problems because you ended up getting them shot by deadpool they end up shooting a rocket though where they think felicia and Wolverine are this is the sleight of hand because you you end up where you have Deadpool from the point of view of right in front of him with his eyes burning from the sunglasses saying, all right, this hurts, but it's, it can't get any worse, right? Well, you see the rocket behind him it just about to hit him. It's crazy. You do see then Tamara and Felicia's, uh, you know, that they have a connection from before. That'll come into play, but also you end up having Felicia pretty much get out of this all. And Logan then gives her the painting and says, all right, here you go. You know, that was awesome. Thank you. And you do see, and it's one of those, it's not as touching, I guess, but it's nice because what Wolverine really wanted back, he just has journals and, you know, photos and memories because of the idea that he is so old. Earlier, there was a good joke where Felicia starts talking about how what she does is kind of like magic. And she says to Wolverine, like, you're old as dirt. Old people love magic. So you're right in here. And he does then bring it back there and say, yeah, I am old as dirt. And you know what? I'm on Krakoa. This is the new future of the X-Men. It's the new future for all of us. But I don't want to forget my past. And I have a lot of past. And these things here, it's almost like he has this, uh, you know, black book there. It's like the Charlie Sheen black book joke uh, from uh, Two and a Half Men, where it's, you know, all of his connections. And he didn't want to lose them. And he has them back. And that's really what he cared most about. That painting is just a painting he had. And he's like, you know, that's worth money, I guess. But this is stuff is priceless to me. And he goes off and he ends up saying, you know, hey, the future's always coming. Maybe I'll see you there. And it's really nice. It's one of those where by the end, very jokey, very fun issue. But you did end up and this is why I love the sort of humor like this. And when it's done right, and Jim McKay does it perfect. It's one of those things where Tom Taylor does it a lot as well that I think he does it very well. The idea where 
you're having a grand old time. You're laughing. The jokes are hitting. There's a lot of slapstick, all that. But by the end, you realize that through this whole issue, you have really seen a connection between two characters, even though it seemed jokey throughout the whole deal. But by the end, when he ends up leaving, you're like, you know what? They made a real connection here. They are friends and they are people who will look out for each other from now on. I really like it. I I think that that is uh, one of the reasons why I ended up liking this issue so much because it's more than just the jokes. Uh, And then she's there and she's just there like, Hey boys, you know, I told you I'd take you to exotic locations to meet exciting people and like horrible locations, real scary people. And she's like, yep, that's it. We're getting out because our future. And again, Logan just said the future's coming. Well, she says their future, it's all crime all the time, baby. And then you end up having, you know, coming soon in Black Hat number 11 and pretty much uh, a nice picture, but nothing that shows what's going to happen or anything like that. I, I it's going to be hard pressed to top this one in my mind because of how it hit with this. And this book is a fun book. It, it has been. It's a funny, fun, action-packed just book. But it's also one of those where you are getting these character moments. And I've fallen in love with Felicia. And I really am a fan now. And I have to thank Jeb McKay and Chris Anka for doing that. Because it's because I just came on to Marvel when the fresh start came, and Black Cat to me was always just oh a lot of a lot of people like the cosplay, and also ah it's Spider Man thing. And I I've told you before I never had read Spider Man before coming over to do the Marvel stuff, so it's one of those where all of a sudden she's one of my favorite characters, and that's where I love a book like this. I love a book like when I read even before we did have the podcast. The one thing that I did read was All New Wolverine. And Gabby became my favorite character, as well as Laura. And that's what I like. I I like when you go through a book and it's not just, oh, man, you know, that was a cool series. Or, oh, man, you know, the way that all this works and the best times are when you say, oh, man, I became a Black Cat fan because of that book. That trumps everything. That goes above one little story or that goes above a couple cool scenes and things like that. And that's where I fall in love with books and will support the writer of said books. And, and Jed McKay has gotten pretty much a fan for life until he messes it up until he screws it up. And then, you know, a lot of people do that because I am very fickle. I'll admit this. I I end up going, I'm insane like that. But for now, and he's got a fan, and Chris Anka does as well. So I thank them. I don't know if they'd ever hear this, but if they do, thank you, fellas. And yeah, I'm going to give this a 9.5. That's how much I liked it. I think it's great. I think that everybody should at least give this series a try. If you like something fun, if it was one of those where you're like, yeah, Black Cat, blah, 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 I'm telling you, you should give it a try because I didn't have any sort of background or any sort of idea. I just ended up, now read it. And I fell in love with it right away. And I know a lot of people in the Fresh Start crew, beep boop, who fell in love as well. So there are two books that we both, or we both, we both, you know, me and now I need to get my soundboard out so I can do we both. Because we both, me and me, liked both books tonight. And I wish that everybody would read both of these books and then we could talk about it. We could have fun and all that stuff. But again, this is the 
Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, and you can go follow us on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You can go to our website at WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. And if you'd like, you can support us over on Patreon.com slash Weird Science. I'd really appreciate that. And I hope that people, when they go, there are a bunch of shows that you'll get. It's not just blind support. Each level has more shows. If you go and check it out, you can end up going. And if you sign up right now, as you speak, just or as I speak, I don't know why you're speaking. You should be listening to me. That's not polite. But if you end up going over there, you end up signing up. You will not be charged until the end of the month. If you don't like what you hear, which I hope you would, there's a lot of things going on over there. Uh, but if you don't like what you hear, you can quit before April 1st, April Fool's, and you'll never be charged. So it's a free trial until April. I think that you might find some things that you would like over there. I'm going to be doing a bunch of shows coming up in the next couple of days, and a bunch of them are Marvel shows. I end up having a podcast that is the best worst comics ever. It's one of those where I just talk about some really, you know, bad comics. And this week, this month, actually, I'm going to be talking about Avengers number 200. So that is a Marvel thing. I have a villains podcast where I talk about villains and, you know, the things that they do, being villainous and things. And I am going to be talking about Bullseye for that one. And so I'll go through that and particularly Daredevil number 169, the issue where Bullseye ends up having a brain tumor and seems to think everybody around him is Daredevil. And then also some other things. I have a comic book cartoon review show that I'm just starting up. I will be starting with Batman, the animated series on leathery wings, but I'll be going back and forth between DC, Marvel, other things with that. I also have a what I call the Wacky Silver Age comic show, and this one is going to be the Bat Baby from Batman number one forty seven. So as you see, there's both Bat, there's both DC. I was going to say there's both Batman, and really, isn't that all they have uh, over there? Right? Isn't that Hello, weird science? Yes. So, uh, yeah, I go back and forth with some of these between DC and Marvel and things like that. But that's that. That's enough of. The commercial. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I always like to talk about books that I love, and I'm having some hard times doing that at points. So I do get inspired and all fired up. So that is it. Thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you later. You like this kind of fighting, huh? Yeah. You want to see some real fighting? You can see me fight at the Kumite. I'm here too for the Kumite. Aren't you a little young for full contact? Aren't you a little old for video games? <laughs> <laughs>